Marshall. And we're here today with not one, but two of our favorite shop owners in the entire world. Uh, we have we have Jameson Sachs, the owner of Common Ground Games in Dallas. Hey guys. And we have Charles L. Johnson the third, <laughs> owner of Brewport Games in Baltimore. Hello, Charles L. Johnson the third. Hello. I was wondering if you were going to use that, for sure. Yes. <laughs> that's what you are called. So that is very very true. That is what I call you. In um, the original podcast, I was Charles L. Johnson the third and Yes. Still stands. Yes, exactly. And you're, and you're, even in the show notes, I wrote Charles L. Johnson the third. Like fabulous. I go through the effort of writing it out completely and saying it completely every time. Now, do you actually write out the third or do you put the Roman numeral? I I I. <laughs> totally, totally, totally triple I on it. But uh, so uh, these guys have both uh opened their stores about a year ago. So uh, what was your opening day, Charles L. Johnson the third? <laughs> I'm not gonna do it the whole time. <laughs> Cinco de Mayo. So you opened May fifth, and James, yep. when did you open? Uh, technically we opened May fourth, but we consider Free Comic Book Day since it was Free Comic Book Day. Our opening day. Cool. Awesome. So, yeah, there you go. I mean, that's uh, pretty much dead on. I mean, like, that's awesome that y'all both started your stores about a year ago. And here you are. You're both not closed. That's an awesome thing. Uh, You both seem to be doing pretty well. Uh, So, you know, it's exciting to have uh, the two of you on to talk about uh, the the ride the first year, you know. Um, So we're going to we're going to grill y'all about this and see if we can get a little bit more of uh let's see if we can motivate some people to open up competing stores a block away um (laughs) no i'm just kidding um so uh, idea (laughs) no i'm just kidding uh so uh first of all um i guess we'll start with charles uh what made you decide to open a store uh interesting story i was uh originally going to purchase legends uh, which for the Baltimore area, a lot of people know Legends. Uh, it's a really good comic book shop. Uh, and at one point in time, could have been the premier Magic the Gathering shop as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really wanted to, I really wanted to just mold the the Magic community um, and purchase really the gaming portion only, and not the not the comics would be legends comics and then legends games. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to rename it and move it into a different location because magic players felt that, uh, that they, they just didn't have a space that was really for them because like the, the owner, uh, of the comic book shop right next to him had a Thai restaurant. So this was all after, sorry to cut you off. This was all after, they had moved into that location because I've never been to the, the location with the Thai restaurant next door. Okay. Yes. Yes. That, that, that is correct. And, um, he and I were trying to discuss numbers and he threw me an absurd number, which like wasn't even, wasn't even worth it. And then he put stipulations down in which he was like, well, you can't move the store. Uh, you have to pay me twenty thousand dollars for a consultation fee, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, why am I going to pay you? Because I've been telling you how to run the business. Now you're, it doesn't make any sense. So I was like, 
you know, I, I, I don't want to purchase this. And uh, I was like, well, you know, I, I, I wanted to uh, kill two birds with one stone. So the space that we're in right now is is uh, is is zoned for commercial, but it looks like a house. Okay. Um, it, it's like basically a magic house. <laughs> um, and, uh, so I wanted to move it into this space that, that we can, you know, we could fit like 50 people. So like, you know, a, a, a GPT, uh, like no pro torque, no PTQs. Like we have an affiliation with Towson university in case we need bigger space like that anyway. So, um, you know, I was like, well, I guess, uh, I will just open my own shop. Right. And uh, my girlfriend, Brooke, was like, that's a great idea. And so she and I uh, she and I run it together. That's awesome. And uh, well, why? Well, why did you decide to the location you went wound up with uh, the location? Uh, I, I really liked the location as far as a Magic the Gathering shop only. Um, it had more of a comfortable environment, more of a, 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 a homey feel, no pun intended. Um, but like, I just wanted a place that I felt that people could uh, relax and just play magic and they could stay there the entire day. And there's a fridge on the first floor. They can go and grab drinks and water and, you know, we have snacks for them and all that other good stuff. So like the, lo- the location uh, I had, I had picked out for it just because, you know, I could fit 50 players in there. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And then uh, actually, I, this is the other question I actually have in our show notes. Okay. Uh, is, is Legends even still a thing? <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, okay. Basically, what, what he and I have decided is that I am the competitive store and he is the casual store. Okay. So like a, a lot of the Sharks... Um, Kurt, uh, Kurt Spice, um, you know, you, you know, Darren Felton, mm-hmm. um, and a bunch of the older magic players, uh, the ones that are the, the grinders and the open champions and the, you know, open runner ups, <coughs> um, you know, like they come, they come here to play, uh, they, they come here to play magic and the casual players just stay there. Cool. Cool. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Well, that's cool. That, um, yeah, because I was curious about that because I know that, you know, and I, this isn't – I don't want to turn this into, like, a slam piece on Legends. Sure. But I know that, like, a lot of players were unhappy when they moved into that new space and the and the impression that everyone got. I mean, I just just basically said I'm not going there. Was, yes. Yeah, that, was that, like – there was not so much. I mean, just the magic players just didn't feel like there was enough attention being paid to them, and you know, just kind of not really a focus on. I mean, when you also are running a Thai restaurant, it's really hard to focus on gaming, right? <laughs> well, it's it's also like the thing that I I do understand that that yes, magic magic players want a space of their own, but also to be fair, uh, you know, w- with a comic book shop slash gaming store or maybe that they specialize in magic. Most of the time, most of the money is going to be made in the comics anyway. Yeah. Uh, there, there isn't a whole lot for them. Like, and they didn't really have a big magic collection anyway. Um, you know, they, they never really bought a whole lot. Right. Uh, you know, they would open like one booster box of the latest set and that, and that was kind of it. They wouldn't, you know, do a lot of restocking. So like, you know, after a while they, it was just there to house tournaments. Right, right. So, and that's, that's all accurate. I mean, because I definitely... Yeah. I mean, and like, you know, we, we, we both now, 
you know, we have an understanding for one another. Like when people are looking for hot singles and stuff like that, uh, they actually recommend me. Um, so yeah, it's actually pretty good. So he's, so he's a little more focused on his comic book side and kind of Mm -hmm. seeded some of that. Cause I didn't know like exactly how, um, if, if there was any like underhandedness going on with your uh, with your choice of location and such, you know. Um, well, I, I I mean the the space was already acquired. Yeah. So since the space was already acquired, uh, pretty much it was kind of like, well, I'm going to do this anyway because I because the space is here. Right, you couldn't work out the branding, so you t- put it under your own brand. Totally understand yep. that. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, so now, uh, Jameson, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Uh, I would pretty much have the exact same questions for you. Uh, so what made you decide to open a game store? So as I was getting um, approaching this you know, this, this year I turned 40, and I realized that I've been coasting in corporate for like – 16 years I, my my i did it work it wasn't difficult for me it was very very rarely challenging in any way and i was listening to npr of all things and the, something that struck me is a woman said that we're taught so much to go do what we're good at and she said that's actually the worst thing that we can teach our children she said the thing that we should teach them is to go do what you love you can learn to be good at anything and i sat there and i thought about that and kept thinking about it, and I was like, I'm good at IT stuff. I like it. I don't love it. I don't. I did not go, enjoy going to work every day. And as I thought about it more, the only time I ever really enjoyed going to work is back in my – this was 16 years ago, 17, 18 years ago, something like that. I used to run a comic and game store for someone else okay. for about four and a half years. And I was like, you know what? That was the last time I actually wanted to get up and go to work every morning. And uh, – famous comic book store here in the Metroplex, Zeus Toys and Comics. People have been asking him to do gaming stuff for years, but my joke is is that unless it has a controller, he really doesn't know anything about games. <laughs> and so he just never has really gotten into it. Well, he moved into this bigger space in kind of like almost what it seems like it would be a weird neighborhood, but it's actually very central for most of Dallas. It is. And then I, the first time I walked into that space, and I'd already been mulling this stuff over in my head because he needed me to work for him one day, I stood there and I stood around and both the spots on either side of him were empty. And I was like, I know what I'm going to do. This is this. I'm done with this corporate. I need to get this done. And six months later, we or seven months later, we opened our, our doors. Awesome. That's great. Um, and then so obviously uh, your location was kind of kind of came kind of fell into your lap then, I guess. Well, yeah. It, the one thing that I noticed when I was doing this is Dallas actually had a void. Mm-hmm. All of the gaming stores were suburban. Outside Every, of 635, yeah. And, yeah, no, and it, it, it drove me nuts. Yeah, <laughs> if, you, if you don't know Dallas, basically if you lived in like the uptown, downtown, some of the better neighborhoods actually of Dallas, you had a 35 to 45 minute drive to the nearest store that carried board games. Right, or and we're, did, in a, we're in a major city. <laughs> yeah, we're the third largest metroplex in the nation. So, you know, <laughs> our traffic can be kind of horrible at times. So there's times when it's just, that was just terrible. And where Zeus's location, being next to them was just perfect. Like, everything about that. Here I am next to the only Eisner award-winning comic book store in the South. I don't have to deal with comics, because as much as I love them, ordering comics is a pain in the ass. <laughs> like, good on him that he gets to do that. And then it, the location is just so central. Like, so many people are surprised 
by how easy it is really to find it and get there. Yeah, and 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 I mean, literally, I moved to Dallas in July. I lived in uh, Denton for the first three months that I lived in Texas again. And uh, there was a shop near me in, in Denton that I used to go to for a couple months. Then I moved down to Dallas, and I was like, cool, now I'm in a big city. Let's go find a magic shop. And I was like, oh, nothing. And I literally quit magic for nine months. I sold my entire collection. I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I was like, I can't get to the shops. This is where I live now. I'm done. So, like, your, your shop popping up was, uh, was literally a dream come true for me because I was like, all right. You know, um, the connection, uh, me and Charles, just kind of little backstory here. The connection between me and Charles is, uh, you know, we were neighbors and, um, we, um, you know, we both went, we both played at the same shop in Baltimore. We played at amazing spiral, um, at the, uh, at the rotunda mall in, in Hamden. And, um, you know, that's how we met. I was the TO at that store mm-hmm. for, uh, for quite a few years, um, and then we started uh, – I lived on Newport Avenue, and we started a playtest group on Thursday nights where we had – you know, we had a couple long tables in the, uh, in the main – in the main uh, like the spare room kind of area, the first room when you walk in. And we had enough housing for about 12 players in the house. And so we started having playtest nights Thursday nights, and uh, we started calling it Brewport because we were brewing up decks. We lived on Newport Avenue. We called it Brewport. And now Charles owns Brewport Games in Baltimore, which is, you know, really rad to see that come full circle. Um, And uh, so then, you know, again, like I said, taking nine months off of the game, uh, I, you know, uh, my friend, like, tagged me. He was on the DFW Nerd Night um, Facebook group. And uh, Jameson, I think, had posted on there, I'm looking for a TO for my store. Can anyone help? And then my friend just mentioned me, you know, in the post, like, you know, commented at my name. And I was like, oh. And I looked up the address. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, let's do this. I was like, what the heck, man? This is awesome. So, you know, because it's just, I mean, like, you look at the map of uh of dallas game stores before and like jameson said there's this big void there's just an empty space there and and then all of a sudden boom like almost in the center of that void is common ground games i mean like for a new store to be able to to put up its sign open its doors and then you go on to the the gather or you go onto the store locator and you type in dallas and it's the first name that pops up that's just i mean that's just brilliant um, so my question, Jameson, is like, um, why do you think, I mean, why do you think no one else, um, before has made a location, uh, to play games as close to the city of Dallas, as close, you know, as central to the city as you have? Well, there's, there's this old, um, concept amongst people who do this kind of retail that you have to be in the suburbs. You have to be where there's kids. And after having done this, I mean, I grew up in comic book stores, and like I said, I ran one. The one thing that a lot of people, they when they go into this, they're going into it as an enthusiast. They've never had the experience. And even when they may have worked at a game store before, they've never ran one. They don't really know what everything is entailed. They're not seeing the financial information. And the thing I learned a long time ago is kids don't have money. It's and true. usually, And usually families with kids only have a certain amount of money to spend. 
So my big thing was trying to find an area that can is easily accessible to everybody. And I think so many people think of like uptown and downtown and stuff like that as people who don't do those sort of things. And all of my friends who were unmarried and, you know, all the sort of like, that's all me and my friends did is on the weekends, we'd get together, we'd drink and play games and stuff like that. And I was like, there's this huge market that's just being ignored because people think, oh, it's the inner city. It's too expensive. Oh, it's, there's not enough, you know, people central to it. And the one thing Zeus has proven is that if you are, if you, if people like your store, they will come from anywhere to be there. And I kind of was like, okay, I hope I can capitalize on that. That's cool. And um, so um, what ways do you think, uh, like, what do you think you've done to capitalize on that so far? Uh, Being there. No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've been told by a lot of people that we just have a general feel about our store that's a lot more welcoming than they're used to at a lot of other places. I mean, I... I try and tell people, we live in a post-Apple world. Retail is different now. You can't go into it thinking that I'm a game store, I'm in this neighborhood, you have like you have no choice. I have customers who pass two to three other places now to come here, to come to my store, and I think that's pretty amazing. I mean, one of our friends that you know plays all the time, Ryan, I mean, God, he lives like, what, a half hour away? Yeah, he lives in like Burleson or something. something yeah, something ridiculous like that, like that you know, and... It's, it's just really cool to see that. I, I think we just I think we've just created environment and surprisingly not having a lot of I don't know how to say this like the teenagers who are about winning who you know like it's very there's an attitude of maturity about I think about our, our constant crowd that I think a lot of people like it's actually a little bit more relaxed and we've actually been able to teach people how to play magic which is really cool and teach people how to play board games and they don't feel intimidated by these kids who are just there to win. Right. And you've got the players that are competitive. I mean, I've actually, you know, become more of a competitive player myself um, over the last year. Um, And, uh, but you know, I'm never, I'm never that guy who's going to like, you know, totally like rage if I lose or, or, or ever bash somebody for, for, you know, for winning, if like they may be like a less experienced player than me, you know, I've never, I've never been that guy. I've, I've literally watched you stop somebody and explain to them how to attack so that they would actually win that turn because they were going to mess it up and you were trying <laughs> to teach them the better way to play. <laughs> and I was just like, there's a lot of places that at FNM, despite what that's what FNM should be about. It doesn't happen. Right. And, and, yep. you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I could, I could walk into an F and M at a shop that like I don't know anyone at, and maybe not do that, you know. But uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, and there is there's a vibe. I don't know if it's like, I, I you know, I think the players are responsible for part of it, but you're responsible for part of it too, you know, in terms of like creating an environment where we all want to teach people how to play the game better, and we all want each other to improve. And I think it's a really, uh, it's a special thing. It's not something you get everywhere else. And I think it's really cool uh, that we're all a part of that. Um, Steven, you've been on this call for 20 minutes and I haven't let you say a single word. I'm so sorry. Oh, well, I didn't know if I was on mute or not. Am I on mute right now? <laughs> no, you, I can hear you. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I didn't want to like just burst in and like test be like, test, guys, test. Um, <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, I play at Common Grounds and uh, as you guys were talking about previously, the location was pretty much the determining factor for me since I'll typically work till 
maybe like 6 p.m. on a Friday. And if the nearest location is a 20 minute drive without traffic, it's just kind of a I, I mean, I just I, I like playing the game so much that I just took that gamble several weeks where I, I might, you know, I might hit 45, 50 minutes of traffic and just, you know, <laughs> get there and maybe like look at the most recent singles or and buy a comic and then turn around and <laughs> drive 20 minutes back to a, to, to where to, to where I live just because there's like there's nothing in the area since I work in Dallas. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> that, that's a pretty big bummer, uh, especially since, you know, the day before you put together your deck and <laughs> get ready for half and And then, yeah, it's uh, it was, yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a gamble. But um, um, I, I I've definitely enjoyed playing at I mean, that's where I, I met you, Joe. And uh, um, yeah, that, versus some of the other places I've played at, uh, it's it's definitely a uh, uh, a more yeah definitely more mature uh atmosphere since um uh because it is located in dallas and not the suburbs um there i mean there are a lot of young people there as well but um there's i, I guess it's not the overwhelming majority um because I've, I've played at stores where it's just like um <laughs> lord of the flies <laughs> practically <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> i've gone in places and i'm like oh jesus i could actually be most of these people's father <laughs> so charles what do you do to uh to like you know entice players to come to your store instead of going to some of the other stores in the area because i mean baltimore is a much more of a smaller area and there's a it lot more extremely saturated and there are a lot more stores in such a in such a small area so like what do you do to drive people to you um you know instead of going to some of those other stores uh, it's actually a really good question. The, uh, when I first opened up, uh, a lot of people knew who I was anyway, from just, uh, just being around the area and the, uh, for, and the top four of the SCG open in Richmond, uh, with Delver. Um, and so a lot of people, you know, we, we had a fair, we had a fair crowd there. Um, and then all of a sudden we just had the, the, the usual people when nothing really new. Um, I tried advertising on Facebook and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, I really need to put Brewport back on, on the map here. And, uh, my goal was, uh, at the August SCG open where, uh, with junk aristocrats, like I wanted to take the whole thing down and I came in second place and, uh, during the throughout the entire top eight, one of the commentators just dropped just dropped uh, Brewport Games that name the entire the entire top eight from the quarterfinals all the way to the finals, and that like in that initially just got just people just started coming in, and the way I've kept people in is just I'm my prices are lower than SCG and probably a lot of the the top sellers of TCG player. Um, but I'm always willing to to go the extra mile for the customer. Um, we we do eight eight dollars three packs per person for F and M, which is very competitive. Um, most most stores around the area do ten dollars and maybe they do three packs. Where'd you get um, the inspiration to do that sort of a generous payout, huh? Uh, I I don't think did you guys do that? Yeah, yeah, we did. It was pretty oh. much. I think we ours was nine and nine dollars three pack. Not nine and three. Okay, yeah. So like, I figured I would I would do I would do eight and three because like just doing the math, like 
I, I'm not making money on the packs, but what I'm doing is with the singles in the store and, and people uh, people asking for my expertise and my being able to sell them singles, I make up that loss. We do that a lot too, where we, we my prices are lower than most other stores in the area actually. And I can tell you that for a fact. James. Yeah, I, I, I try to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll both Stephen, if I wasn't making money on it, I wouldn't sell it to you at that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but I, I, Very I, true. And it's funny because, like, you know, I've, I've said to Jameson multiple times, like, and, 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 that, and this, again, this is kind of uh, really a testament to the, to the vibe of the store is me and Steven are like, are you sure you want to sell this to me for that cheap, Jameson? You could sell it to me for more. And Jameson goes, nah. We go, okay. You know what I mean? Like, but it's like, <laughs> Like if, if, if I didn't care, I'd just be like, swipe, 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 you know, like, but, uh, it, it's funny when pl- players come from other stores who think like, you know, Oh, he doesn't know what he's doing and he's just giving me this stuff. And I'm sitting there going, no, no, I'm making actually a lot of money off of you buying that. So like, <laughs> please buy them all. <laughs> like, okay. Here, let me put some more out for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like the, the idea is that, you know, you, you, you keep the prices low to keep the customers interested. But like the other thing that, that I can do that without a shadow of a doubt with what the other, with what the other stores cannot do is how quickly I can find obscure cards for people. Like I get requests for power a lot and I'll instantly go, they're like, yeah, I need a Mox Sapphire. Okay. Give me three days. They come in, there's a Mox Sapphire for them. Uh, uh, just I, I'm I'm very uh, and I'm very blessed with people who are willing to sell me their stuff um, sure. to to make this stuff happen. But like I'm I'm just able to quickly get whatever my customers need, uh, even if it's in that same night. Even if I take a lower profit margin, uh, just to make that sale uh, to go that extra distance for the customer is what keeps them coming back. Uh, they like the friendly environment. It is competitive, but it's also very friendly. Um, I try to teach people uh, as much as I can about specific plays and then go over like the history of magic since I've been playing since alpha. Um, and I, and I love when they, like I show people my DCI number and they're like, uh, we didn't know it went that low. I'm like, yep, it does. It does. But, uh, it, it just, the ability to know the ability for the customers or let me rephrase it. The customers having the having the security of okay, Charles will find this card for me. I don't have to worry about scrambling to go anywhere else. He's got it covered. Is what a lot of people do. Uh, a lot of people love the store. I get people that will uh, that will travel forty five minutes just to come play, even on Monday Night Legacy events. Nice. Well, the uh, fact that you have Monday Night Legacy events is uh, is already like that. Are I'm like I'm like yeah, of course. If you want to play Legacy, of course you're gonna travel to play Legacy. Like, yep. We also rad. do we also do Vintage on Thursdays. Oh, that's cool. Uh, you know, we there was a lot of there were a lot of things in in the the Baltimore area that were lacking. Like, no one had a lot of the events for Vintage or Legacy. Like, I do Legacy three times a week. Um, That's awesome. And and I actually have a library of legacy decks. They're all proxy, and they've been printed out. People can come in any any given time, and they can test them, and I and I'll play test with them. Um, you know, we also we also do a rent a deck where we have created, uh, you know, several standard decks, which usually 
uh, are in the top eight of the uh, an open, a pro tour or a grand prix, uh, and they always stay current and competitive. And you can rent it for five dollars because, like, just being able to like, Sick. like, just being able to 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 go and like, you know what, I, I have a deck, but I don't really know if it's going to work. You know, hey Charles, do you have blah 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 blah? I'm like, yeah, you know, we 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 keep that. Uh, we keep that around, um, and then you know, for an additional five dollar rental fee, like they now have a, a tournament deck that they're that a lot of people win with. A lot of people just rent the deck and then they just win. Yeah, that sounds so. a lot better than the um, terrible event deck that they came out with for Journey into Nyx. But anyway, um, oh that, that that yeah that you know we we don't discuss those things. <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't purchase any. I didn't. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna bother wasting time with that. It's, man. Like, okay. I don't. I don't care about the value. Like, I don't care about the value of the cards relative to the to the price of the deck or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not even talking about the value of the cards involved. Like, event decks are the purpose of event decks was for someone to show up at F and M and basically do what you're offering at your shop is you know pick up a deck on the fly and be competitive mm-hmm. at F&M. And yep. like this deck is laughable for for being competitive at F&M. Like no way. Oh, I agree. Yep. And and what a lot of people like about my store is that you have a, a tournament player who has been playing for a long time who does well at like the opens and grand prix and stuff like that. Uh, who has his, you know, who who knows what the best decks are out there, what the hottest cards are, when to speculate on specific cards, etc. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people appreciate that. So, um, how many copies of Dark Prophecy did you purchase um, when Steros was spoiled and Devotion to Black was uh, was uh, spoiled as a thing? None. Uh, no, well, not, I, I I actually went to every other store and I spent two hundred and seventeen dollars on all the pack rats. Nice. Like I, I went to games and stuff, and I was like, "Hey, Mike Wayne." He's like, "Hey, Charles L. Johnson the third because he that's what he does call me. Nice. And uh, and I was like, "How many pack rats do you have?" And he looked at me like I was an idiot. He's like, "Pack rat," and I'm like, "He's like, I got 20 I said, "Do you have any more in the back?" He said, "No." I said, "I'm going to take all of them." He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, this card is terrible. I'm like, I I, I disagree with you. This card is going to be huge. You're going to hate me for this. I, I did and- this. I did the same thing with Desecration Demons. I kept, like, when they yep. were $2, I kept asking everybody for trades. And they're like, really? I'm like, I will give you $2 in trade for this. And people were giving them to me. Then they shot yep. up to 10 bucks, And I was like, here you go. You want to buy them back? Exactly. <laughs> like, you, you have these mountains of pack rats and mountains of Desecration Demons. Like, I, I added Desecration Demon to Junk Aristocrats in August. Because, like, Jund was an okay matchup, but it wasn't, like, the best. And I was like... Well, why don't I just put Desecration Demon in here and they can't do anything about it? And I would just play it and they're like, oh, I, it's a 6-6 six, six that, that, that flies for four mana. <laughs> on turn four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you can just sack it and then scavenge it on the Varals to make it an 8-8 eight, eight regenerate? Th- this seems unfair. That's fine. Um, I'll cast Sad Panda. 
No, but sadness, uh... <laughs> sad, sadness on the stack. Uh, but like with, with with Pack Rat, I even made a mono black devotion deck before the the Pro Tour uh, before the Pro Tour was an event, and there was yeah. a Mox tournament nearby here, and I trolled people with Pack Rat. I I, I told someone that was in there, I was like, I'm gonna win today with Pack Rat, and they're like, Pack Rat. I'm like, Yeah, Pack Rat. And then after I smashed my round one opponent. I'm going up to to get a drink, and I hear the like I see the judge going over deck list, and I hear pack rat, and I was like, yep. <laughs> I was like, I was like, he hit my list, and then I sat down and did like a 15 minute deck tech with him. I'm like, aggro decks just can't beat this right now. I'm like, I just continue, I just play turn two pack rat, and I'm done. And throughout that tournament, the judge. When when someone there was a judge question and they were sitting right across from me, he would yell, "Yes, the copy has a converted mana cost of two. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yep. I, I I actually um was pretty high on like Gray Merchant um mm -hmm. as a strategy when when the card was spoiled. Um, I was on the Spike Feed podcast. Um, I think it was like might have been like their third episode or something. I was on their uh, show and uh, talked about how much I thought Gray Merchant was going to be just ridiculous and standard um, and uh, and nailed it. I was like, well, that's cool. I nailed that one. I you know, I, I also own uh, 42 copies of Dark Prophecy. Um, but uh, wow. yeah, but that's OK, <laughs> um, which, I, which I did try and tell you wasn't going to happen. Oh, I don't care. Dark um, Prophecy is going to be a staple card in the format. Get yours at five ninety nine at StarCityGames.com. <laughs> no, 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 hold on, hold on. This card is bananas. bananas. <laughs> Time uh, reversal. We, <laughs> we love you, Evan. Uh, no hard feelings. Um, so, uh, um, so guys, uh, just you know. For both of you, what sort of unique things do you offer to your players uh, that, like, other stores don't offer? Uh, I, I can go first. Um, well, the, I mentioned the rental, uh, the rental decks. That is really uh, cool. I didn't even know about that. That's awesome. Yeah, we that that was one of the first things that that we that we wanted to do uh, for the store, uh, just because it's just it's just it, it's it, it really is an easy way to make five dollars. And it's, you know, for people who just don't want to bring stuff. Uh, but yes, uh, I am actually not responsible for the for thinking of the brew box. Uh, Brooke actually is the brainchild. Uh, and, and what this is, is the it's the MTG brew box is actually a subscription box um, that for the initial thirty dollars, which actually covers shipping for the whole year. So basically the first box is free. And then it's eighteen dollars for each edition uh, for each month that you uh, continue to subscribe. The first box always comes with uh, with uh, the latest draft set of whatever that may be. Uh, the la latest draft set of standard, uh, some specialized dice, custom made tokens, uh, perfect uh, KMC, perfect fit, and pro and uh, and hyper mats. Um, I think there's one or two other things that that actually come in it. Um, but then, like you know, th this this coming month, um, MJ Scott and James Arnold have actually made tokens to go into the box. We're working with them uh, very closely um, as as other artists to bring on board here who want to 
who 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 want to display their artist work for tokens. So you're going to get custom tokens each month. They're all going to be different. Um, like this coming month, we're also uh, cardboard crack. We have a deal with him. Oh, awesome! So we uh, we actually will be uh, giving out volume one, I believe, this month or this month or this coming month, June. Uh, and then I believe volume two, I think August or September. I, I don't remember. Now, is that volume uh, one of like a zine that he's doing or like or he he has like a, he has like books of all the stuff that he's done. For, oh, great. You know, so there's volume one and volume two. And and we've actually uh, we're acquiring both volume ones and volume twos. So like he he actually sought us out uh, and it's like, I want I want you guys. I want to be in your box. I think as I said it, and at first it was like, "Pause. Wait a second. Oh, brew box. Okay. <laughs> like, okay, brew box. We got it. We got it. Um, but, <laughs> but we uh, we actually have. Uh, I mean, we have several. Like, we have uh, revised Angel that's on board. She loves the brew box. Hold on. Time uh, out. Time out. Time out. Uh, language lawyer. <clears throat> I'll allow it. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm watching my language. You are. You're doing very good. You're doing very good. Um, so, like, Heather uh, we, Heather Dawn <laughs> is, uh, you know, she likes the brew box. The deck tease, Aaron Campbell, uh, she likes the brew box. We actually, uh, Rich Hagon actually tweeted us. I saw that, and that was that was pretty amazing. Well, I had it like Brooke, Brooke sent a message. She's like, is he like, who is this guy? Is he like famous or something? And like, I literally was fangirling when Jason told me that Rich Hagon tweeted us. And then I looked at the tweet and I literally was fangirling. I'm like, holy cow, this is amazing. Yeah, it's pretty. Um, but but she has worked very hard for this subscription box. He's the um, Lord. He's the Lord Alfred Hayes of Magic: The Gathering. That's a very much. obscure ref- wrestling reference for uh, anyone who's down. Hello, Vito Dama to Daybreak Ranger. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it's something really good, and a lot of people have actually. So many people in Maryland. Uh, have decided they wanted this brew box that we've actually come up with an in-store option. So for $5 cheaper, you can actually just come pick it up. That's cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, Brooke, uh, Brooke said to me one night, she's like, honey, I have a great idea. And she said, I was like, all right, well, let's, let's get it rolling. Also in the box, uh, there's going to be several articles. Like we're actually coordinating with a bunch of the stores across the country uh, with with people that have done this brew box, and we're actually going to give you a list of uh, uh, of events that are actually in your area. So that way, like if you didn't know about them, well now you do. That's awesome. uh, and, and, you know, it's because like we're Brewport really is about community. Like I don't care if I make a bajillion dollars. Obviously, I want to make money in this, but I really am about the magic community. That is what Brewport is about, and it's what we will always try. To, that's what we will always strive for, and not just the community in Baltimore, but like obviously the DFW anywhere is where we will we will try to try to be very friendly and accommodating for you guys. Sweet. Um, so, uh, Jameson, same question. What do you? Uh, what does your store offer that uh, is unique? What the heck was that? 
<laughs> that was nothing. <laughs> that was my stupid phone. Uh, so we do several different things. Um, one of the big differences that the first thing most people notice in, when they walk in the store after they've looked around a little bit, so this is a giant wall that says demo wall, and it's just packed full of board games and different card games and things like that. And that literally is exactly what it is. It are, there are open games that people can come in, take off the shelf, sit down, and try. Whether it's a, you know, they just want to play the game to learn it, whether they just want to look at it just to see what the pieces are inside or whatnot. My biggest thing has always been the board game community. You're told constantly, oh, this is a good game, this is a good game. And you go and buy it, and you're like, why would anybody think I like this game? And I want people to be able to actually try the game and get a sense of it before they do that. And there's actually only one other store that does that on a level that we do in the Metroplex, everybody else kind of expects you to just bring your own games for the most part. Um, and it's still, from what I've seen from a lot of the country, still not something a lot of places do that sell board games, which I find just odd. Like, it's just an odd thing to me. Like, I, I feel that's something that every place should be doing if you sell board games of any kind. And the cool thing is, is we've had a lot of Magic players who in between rounds before something started, they'll take a game off the shelf and sit down and start reading the rules and start playing and learning how to play it. And there's been some people have gotten into some other games just because of that, which I thought find really cool. Um, beyond that, like for our magic players, I try and do as much as I can. I think, uh, you know, for like the normal stuff for like Friday night magic, blah, blah, blah. You know, we, we do a little bit better prize payout than a lot of areas. Like most places don't, we do like a, if we do like a $12 draft or $20 sealed, they don't have any prize payout in this area for that, but I do. And so that I think, uh, helps a lot of people. Like they, they like that when they're playing limited, they're not just going home with the packs they opened. Yeah. They're going home with some prizes and stuff too. And then for our bigger events for pre-releases and stuff like that, I want everybody to go home with something. I always make it so that, you go home with at least one pack. It may not be the pack of the set that came out, but you're going home with something. Right. But uh, we also do, we've done raffles, we've done grab bags, and both of which have been crazy successful. Like, I've done things like, every pre-release, actually, for the whole weekend, every raffle you enter puts you into a bigger raffle for the box of the set that's coming out, which people seem to like, because they're also winning little things. But, like, some of those little things have been, like, from the Vault 20, or... The last couple ones, we've done sets of, like, foil planeswalkers and foil gods. Yes, you have. <laughs> yeah, Joey won one of them, didn't you? I won I won a set of the Theros and Born uh, foil planeswalkers um, off of one raffle ticket. So, basically, yeah. you can you get a raffle ticket for every event you enter, um, and then you also get – you can buy additional raffle tickets for Jameson's <laughs> raffles. I didn't buy any extras, and, uh-huh. and I won – I spiked it. I was like, yeah, all right, all right. So I was pretty happy about that. Yeah. Um, so we, we do that. We've done, for game days the last couple of times, we've done grab bags, which I have to start making them now if I'm going to do it again because they saw in like five minutes. Oh, man. And I, I, I didn't have any money to get them at that point. But, uh, yeah, I actually think we're um, – I'm not sure yet, but I think I might be coming to game day next Saturday instead of going to Waco for the PTQ. And that's not for the grab bags, but now that you mention it, I'm going to have that extra money that I'm not spending to enter the PTQ. Probably going to buy some of those grab bags. Um, Jameson puts these grab bags together, and they are just 
they're ridiculous value. Like they really are. I've watched people just open like just some of the. I mean, there's some stuff in there that's kind of eh, whatever. Like, but that's a, that's what a grab bag is. But like most of the time, you buy a magic grab bag you pretty much are expecting to not get anything. It's like, you have a one in one million billion chance of winning a mock something, you know? And it's like, you never get it. But man, every single person that threw $20 into those grab bags got way more than they were, like, than they paid. Yeah, like this last time, I think what it was is every pack had a foil or a rare or mythic rare. And so, you know, when people are pulling out foil mutavolts, there's like, they're like, what the hell? Yeah, no, it was like it was like foils of like every god, foils of like Mutavault, foils of like all the um, all the, the the temples, and you know just lots of really good foil. I mean, there were foil planeswalkers in there, right? Uh, I think one or two. Yeah, I mean, it was it was ridiculous. I'm just watching people go opening them, going, "Man, I should have gotten that line." Like I was like, "I'm not gonna get any of those." Yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna go that crazy this time, but I'll probably do something pretty similar. The other thing that we try and do, too, is uh, we, we I try and have some different things. Like, the one thing I think sometimes people forget is Magic's a game, and it's supposed to be fun, and you don't have to just follow these set standard formats. Like, we did a, we did a Zendikar block draft, which isn't even how you're supposed to draft the set, but it was absolutely hilarious watching people try and fit Eldrazi in with Zendikar and Worldwake, because... <laughs> It was just funny to me, and everybody seemed to have a lot of fun, and, you know, some people, like, one person actually pulled a chase, which was hilarious, and then, uh, like, this past um, weekend for the anniversary, uh, I had an uh, unhinged invitational draft for those people who'd been coming in the store longest and have really made their presence known and been spreading the word about the store, and we actually had a catered lunch and then drafted Unhinged, which for about 75% of the people was the first time they'd ever opened an Unhinged pack. Me and yeah. myself included. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Yeah, because I wasn't playing when that set came out. And I was quite happy to get that foil planes right in the first pack. <laughs> That's <laughs> a nice value. Uh, Steven, uh, you, you 4 owed that that thing, right? Yeah, I decided to go against the uh, spirit of Unhinged and, and just <laughs> draft this. like uh, It was like value... Um, I can't remember the name of it. It's the one carnivorous of death parrot. Yeah, carnivorous death parrot deck. Because uh, after the first, I guess, pass of the first pack, I just realized there's no flyers basically. Yeah. So it seemed like people would have trouble dealing with that, and it, I, I kind of just, uh, I guess, that was the the Scrooge of the of the draft. I, I drafted like six of those and <laughs> just a bunch of like really low cost, aggressive and, and value creatures. Uh, <laughs> The best part about the whole thing, though, was watching everybody really getting into it. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> shoes on the table. One guy brought extra cl- women's clothing, and I was. One guy was wearing a pair of panties. His shoes were on the table, and he was under the table playing a game with somebody else. <laughs> um, like hearing Ryan like yelling out his the he had that card that if you MC. Pre- yeah, the MC, so you say presenting such and such creature, and he was, like, standing up and doing it at the top of his lungs. Like which, a wrestling announcer. Yeah, I mean, people were just, like, I was playing against uh, a guy who had two of the Pig Latin guys in play. This is the funniest story. And he, he was actually, like, he put his finger on every word he had to say, but, like, when he played the second Pig Latin guy, you have to say the Pig Latin guy's name that's already in Pig Latin in Pig Latin. And it was just... <laughs> It was so funny watching Eric try and, like, literally reason out how to say the word. And I was just sitting there smiling at him, waiting for him to mess it up. 
But when he would play the element, the longest name ever, Elemental, I, I was in tears laughing having him do the entire word in Pig Latin. Yeah, because he because he had the MC, he had the Pig Latin, and he had and he played. Um, I, I'm I'm looking for it right now. It's like the long yeah, it's the yeah, Elemental our, word. Our market research shows us tells us that uh, players like really long uh, names. So this card has the longest name ever, Elemental. Yeah. And, and like literally, like I think it was like the third time he played one. He just looked at me, and he in Pig Latin went like I think he said he said in Pig Latin. Like, <laughs> and, just, and he just like put it in play. He wasn't gonna do the presenting thing. <laughs> it was it was so much fun listening to everybody, and everybody seemed to really enjoy it. So that was really cool to see. I had was, someone cast uh, into the dungeon on me in yeah. turns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we let them treat that as one turn. Nice, really? Oh, that's so <laughs> Yeah, the sub-game under the table, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so, hilarious. So, you know, like, we try and, we just try and do different things like that, and, you know, I want, I like I said, I like I said, people need to remember that magic's fun, and, you know, it's not always about just winning. I, I like to try and encourage that where I can. I, I, I have a couple of the uncart, like, we have a store cube. Yeah. Uh, like, it's a common uncommon cube, but uh, we, we've got, like, a booster tutor. Nice. nice in there and uh we had uh i had an unglued uh i had i had one unglued booster pack one world wig booster pack and like one unhinged booster pack but of course i created the packs from the cube but he's like but what if i want to buy one of these i'm like well i i guess i'm not going to stop you from <laughs> from from spending money and uh he hit a foil jace nice. from the world wake i was like really i was <laughs> like the last pack i could have opened it and won the lottery but so uh just a couple more questions um and then steven has a couple questions and then we'll go ahead and let y'all go for the night um so uh what's the most difficult thing about owning a game store uh charles um i guess since mine is strictly magic uh it is uh it has been I think for me, I, I understood a lot of the financial side, except for the store credit, um, where it, 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 I thought I had store credit mathed properly, and then it ended up biting me in the rear end on an event, and I was like, oh, wow, I, I didn't realize that, and then quickly schooled up to it. But, like, I think for me is that, like, I have to, I have to like, rely on single sales and uh, special tournaments, which we do you know, it's about four special tournaments a month where it's like cash only. Um, but usually like throughout the week, they can, they can just pay with store credit. Um, but for me, it, it's, it really is just making sure that I have everything that's in stock that I'm buying aggressively and selling aggressively as well, that I really have to do that. It, I, I don't have anything else uh, as far as like any tabletop games or anything else. I'm not supplementing it. It's just strictly magic. You don't even so, do the you don't even do the uh, the terrible games Yu Gi Oh and stuff like that. Nope, nope, just strictly magic. Wow, Jameson, same question. What's the most difficult thing you found about owning a shop? Uh, for me, since I think, like I said, I, I went into it a little uh, not so blind as a lot of people probably do. Um, it's just actually been the uh, sheer amount of time. Like, you know, I, I, it's pretty much just me running the stock, the store right now, even though that's about to change soon. Um, but, uh, it, 
you know, with the, you know, and I have friends who help out with different events and, you know, different players who help out with different things. But, you know, I'm working like, like 80 hours a week in six days or something like that. And it's just tiring for me. You know, it's, uh, I'm not, Jeez. I'm not a spring chicken anymore. <laughs> um, uh, despite the way I look, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah it's it i think that's been one of the harder parts is just having to sometimes realize that i can't do everything on my own and i really do need to let other people help um but yeah that's that's just been the hard i think that's been the hardest thing for me and then because of the fact that i have to do it's there's a little bit of the estimation of product like how much do you re- do you really think you're going to need magic i think i've gotten the numbering down and you know, it slowly increases, which is great. But like some of the board games and stuff, it's hard to know. Like there's there's games that I wish I could I would have ordered ten times what I got because I would have sold them all still. Mm-hmm. You know, like the the Adventure Time card game that came out. I, who who knew that that was gonna? It, yes, it's the number one cartoon in the world. But seriously, like I, I had no idea it was gonna blow up like that. And the fact that people that I never guessed would have any interest in that were demanding it. Do you guys ever plan to uh, expand your uh, your magic business online, um, or or expand your physical location, anything like that? We do have an online store, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's how we do a lot of our business. Cool. Um, we I, I'm actually in the process of uh, Crystal Commerce has actually finally agreed to give me the source code. Um, so I'm actually studying liquid to go ahead and, and, and revamp the whole entire layout and the, the front end of that. Um, so, you know, with that, we've already got that part there. Um, we are looking into right now, but haven't done a whole lot of math on would be actually to have a moto account and do sales that way as well. Um, bot or something. Yeah, we we are a Wizards Internet retailer, so we you know we we can we we do we can do we can sell sealed products and stuff like that online too. Um, as far as expansion, uh, I believe I want to give it another six months yeah. just to make sure that you know we that we still have the same player base. Right. And then from there, that's when I'll start looking further because like right now, like I can I've hit my fifty I've I've hit my fifty events. So like I'm not a premier store, but I've been advanced for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um and like I will hit the advanced plus level. But like I I won't hit a a, a premier store until I have a uh, a bigger event. And the only way I can do that is either a go rent something out now to hold a bigger event or just to have a, a bigger space. Right. Uh Jameson? Uh I think that's, you know, the, as far as expansion goes, that's every store owner's, like, thought. Like, what do you do? Especially, like, you guys have been in there. I, I fill up most Friday Night Magics. Yeah. I, I fill, like, our, our pre-releases, I ha- I run five events, and every one of them is almost full most at this point. You know, and so we, we're we considering, especially since there's empty space next to us. So, we, you know, we, we can't rule anything out at the moment. There's a couple of big things coming up, like QuakeCon, um, that are keeping us in mind and just seeing what that does for us. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as doing things online, uh, I've dabbled in it, mostly like really high-end stuff that I'd prefer to move, you know, because yeah. uh, DFW has a large and competitive magic base, but even then, um, not everybody is going to drop money on uh, foil Jaces or foil Lilianas. 
you know, and sometimes I'd rather just move things just to make the money back off of a collection that I got out of that, that stuff out of and then not worry about the rest of the stuff in the collection sitting in my case for a couple weeks. Right. I, I actually rarely buy foils. Same here. Um, like where someone will come in with a bunch of high dollar foil stuff and they're like, man, I really want to sell this to you. I'm like, you know, if you can give me a couple of days to try to find a buyer for it. Uh, I will. Otherwise, I'm not going to like for me, I can't afford to invest that money and have it sit there for five or six months. So I've 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 had a couple of people basically give me such low balls that like I'm like sitting there like testing to make sure they're not fakes and they weren't. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay. And then if I've gotten really lucky with some of the collections, like we have like a lot of people who like in the DFW area again so much turnover and stuff that i've had people give me collections and i'm like you know if you piece this out and they're like that's the last thing i want to do will you take it like great you know and then ended up like i i started out with you know like barely being able to fill one case and now my standard and modern singles are pretty awesome and then the level of foils that i have is pretty crazy too so steven uh, that's all the questions i had um steven you've got some questions and then we'll yeah uh, sure i got this up yeah i just have a few quick ones um kind of how, I guess, kind of like the logistics of how these stores operate. So uh, like you mentioned earlier, um, what was it? The like premier advanced, advanced plus all that stuff. Like I, you know, I, I just play magic. I have no idea what that means. Uh, would you mind kind of running through like what, what those different levels are and what that actually means and what, what, how that actually relates to you guys and wizards? Sure. So, uh, there, there are specific levels, and with with these levels that you've had, you have uh, thresholds that that need to be met. And with these thresholds, like for example, if you're just a gateway, uh, you can you can hold uh, you can hold sanctioned events, uh, but I believe that they're only casual. I think, and if you want to run a sanctioned event, it's actually a week in advance uh, until you become core, which is then what you get the F and M. Uh, where you can start running F and M's. When you get to like when you get to the other other levels, uh, wizards will allocate specific amount of product for you. So the the higher the higher level you are, like on uh, like the FTV twenties and stuff like that, the more you're actually going to get allocated. You, you actually have to be a core or an advanced store to even get them. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and there's different. So it depends on how many new players you've signed up, how many players you have consistently playing there, and how many mm-hmm. and what the largest size of an event players you had to get you to the different levels, and then also how many events you've had. Like when we did that Modern Masters uh, charity draft at the beginning of August last year, you know we'd been open what three months at that point, and that's what actually pushed us into being an advanced store. Yeah. yeah because- oh, okay. That event was our first event with over 32 players, you know, mm-hmm. and that was a big thing for us, especially to become advanced apparently in three months was a lot faster than a lot of stores. Yep. We were, we, we got to advance in about, uh, I, I think it was either July. I, I know it was, we, we got to advance in July. We actually had the wizards rep come out and give us a report card hmm. and they were like, it looks like a house from the picture, and you walk in, it's an actual house. But we like the layout. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, because that is one of their rules, isn't it? Like, that you can't have, like... It has to be a brick-and-mortar store. Right. Yep. Uh, and since we are zoned in a commercial 
uh, uh, since we are uh, zoned in a commercial business, uh, the this strip that we're in, they're they're all homes. So like, there's a chiropractic lot, there's a photography lot. Uh, now I don't remember the other two. Yeah, you see that a lot around here too. The the thing is, is like they make you send pictures, and like you have to send pictures of your product wall, your playing space, the front of your store, things like that. Because they actually yeah, want your POS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's really weird to me sometimes to go in other stores and look around and go, they they can barely fit eight people in here. How is this possibly an advanced store? Yep. <laughs> hmm. You know, like I've I've had that thought, like walking into a store and going, what? That that's not even possible. And so I just sometimes I don't even know. <laughs> Okay, so my so my plot to to get my house sanctioned so that wizard sends me a bunch of F and M foils that's just not going to work. No, no. Okay, not no. anymore. Foiled. <laughs> um, so I guess Jameson, how does I guess how do the print runs work? Or either, either you guys can answer this. So it was like for the I know Theros is being drafted uh, through the entire duration of this block. How does like, are they printing that the entire time? Do they stop during born? Like how how does that work? No, in it's, terms of it, like. It, each set is a, about a year of printing it, right now from what it looks like. Like the R- Dragon's Maze went out in February, but there's still plenty of that at distributors, so they don't need to worry about that. Mm-hmm. And then Return of Ravnica actually went out of print in March. Yes. Gate Crash, for some reason, though, they still printed some because they were out of it for a couple weeks or almost a month, but now they have it again. And then they just told us that M14 goes out of print at the end of this month. Yes. And so that's, they, that, that's correct. They, they keep everything in print for 10 to 12 months, it looks like, just to make sure that you can fulfill drafts and things like that and make sure that people have enough of it in standard and all that sort of fun stuff. Well, Gatecrash was was horribly under underprinted um, at first because they weren't sure how people were going to really react to the other guilds uh, because a lot of the RTR, even though the, uh, even though the set itself sold extremely well, a lot of the pre-release events bombed. Hmm. Yeah. There's, there's a general, like uh, I was at a retailer conference actually last week and most of the retailers had to kind of a general, like, our players, we don't like the box thing. We don't like mm-hmm. this box thing. And somebody brought up a great point that it's making it feel... It's like trying to push an action game into a strate- the strategy game that Magic is. And I get what they're trying to do because the pre-releases are about inclusion. They, It's not for the high-end players. It's for everybody. Yes. There, There is that sense that a lot of players aren't really liking the boxes. And I don't know if they are going to be changing that because they're doing it with M15 again. Right, they but are. with at least with M15 in the box, you're just getting five M15 boosters. So if you need to open them for other purposes, for prize purposes, it's not that big of a deal. So you mentioned distributors. So I, I just didn't even know this is how that operated. Uh, so for some reason, I was under the impression. So you don't actually directly order from Wizards. They have it printed up and then distributors buy that and well, then you can no, go through Wizards direct. Yeah, yeah we oh, get okay. it. We get it from Wizards as well as others because if you just get your product from wizards if you're doing well at least like i i would never i'd never be able to even get enough for my Mm pre-orders you know and then like the allocations of sometimes like what we're being allocated on the modern event deck i'm actually getting more from my distributors than i am from wizards 
you know so there's things like that where they print up so much they're passing it out to everybody and distributors and the direct customers but most most stores have to get it from multiple places usually mm-hmm. well the idea is like you want to keep your numbers up in other distributors because you still want to f- you still want to use them because unfortunately what some distributors do is that the less money you spend on them and eh, they don't really care about you and they'll get back to you whenever which is one of the rise which yeah. is one of the reasons why we we dropped one of the distributors that we were using um like wizards will i believe like if you go through some of the distributors wizards will give you x amount of product for like every like 626 dollars you spend in in wizards product and some from from what i understand the wizards um allocation every store gets the exact same uh if you're a core or advanced like you you basically that's the difference it, all advanced stores get the exact same ability to order the exact same amount that sort of thing your distributors they're they're a whole different like most distributors yes. actually like i get a better discount for having bought so much from them every quarter which mm-hmm. luckily since i buy board games and stuff like that too really helps with that <laughs> Yeah, I mean that that that's true. Like there 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 are like as far as like the special products, uh, each store is allotted the same. However, I'm not even doing the modern event deck. That's just a waste of money. You think it so? really is? Yeah, I mean, because like there there are no fetch lands, there are no shock lands in there. Uh, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people were, were were trying to use it just for that. But it, but it's not even that, and tokens really isn't that great of a of a modern deck, right? I, and I and I don't disagree with that. And like the argument could be made that yeah, they should have included some marsh flats or at least one. Yeah, they should have included some godless shrines. You know, does the deck really need what three city of brass? I mean, like you know, there's some things. That, I mean, why didn't it? They, why didn't they like? do us a solid and chunk like a couple mana confluence in there instead. So it could mm-hmm. benefit the standard players too. Um, I mean, there's some arguments that you could make, but um, you know, I mean, honestly to me, the deck feels unlike the journey into Nick's event deck. The, the modern event deck kind of feels like a decent, like a decent deck to start with, um, you know, to get into modern, at least to try the format out. Yeah, the idea is to, be able to sit down and actually play, and not just be playing with cards that, you know, no, like you, like your standard deck. You know, it's supposed to have a different feel. That's what they did. And but the problem was is that they didn't. They let the speculation go for too long. Yep. Yeah, that's true. What really boiled down to is they let the speculation go for too long on it, and. Right now, here at the end, what I don't think a lot of people realize is that some of the distributors, like with what a lot of people are like backing off on all their pre orders and things like that, and they're like, oh, I'm just canceling all of it. A lot of the distributors are going to hold that against them when it comes to conspiracy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, no, I'd rather have maybe four extra modern event decks because the allocation on the modern event deck, too, like people are like, oh, I'm cutting my order, nothing. I'm like, you weren't getting many. <laughs> I've ordered, no. I, I'm going to, like, Wizards is sending everybody one case. Yep, Every, that's correct. And, and all the distributors, you're not getting many from them. And so all these people were backing all off on it. I'm like, you weren't going to get many anyway. And personally, I feel like I can sell, you know, 10 or 20 of them over six months. Yeah. Like, you know, that's that that can that's going to be one of those things. And like certain cards in there, they haven't been reprinted. And there are people who want them. And so there will be people who will go in on it together and split it up and things like that. 
Yeah, I mean, for for my area, modern isn't popular at all. Oh, it's big here. <laughs> like it, it, like we, I mean, we we have some of the best pl- some of the best legacy players on the East Coast uh, that 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 play legacy here, and like we there there's at least two to three big legacy events a month in the state of Maryland alone. Yeah, legacy so, like, is huge in Maryland. Yeah, I mean, as far as modern, I've tried to get that that sob fired, and nope, not at all. But conspiracy, though, I am really excited for, Can't even wait. though I'm not a real limited player. Um, I will play if I have to, but but that looks really fun. See, I I love limited. I love doing draft, but and I I'm a we we actually have a huge commander crowd in the Metroplex, and our store does really well with commander, and that's it. Just the cards they've shown already mm-hmm. is making all the commander players a little giddy. Yeah, yeah. Because the the three legendary creatures already, all three of them are like just nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Pretty bananas. Uh, I like this question. Let's ask this question, then we'll go. Right. Um. So start. I. I Jameson kind of answered this uh, discussing something else, but um, Charles, what is the best or worst deal that someone has tried to make when selling cards to you? <laughs> uh, let's see. The best deal that someone that someone did. Uh, yeah, they they guy came in with just a ton of bulk stuff and I, and we're going through it and I'm like, this is all bulk, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, look, I, I'll, I'll give you 40 bucks for everything. He's like, could you do 50 and I'll throw in this binder and I'll throw in, you know, these old deck boxes. I'm like, sure, fine. 50. Here you go. Well, in the binder, there was a German underground sea. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and, and this, this wasn't even discovered until like three days later when Wes, uh, he's like, Charles, yeah, I'm like, how much did you buy this for? I'm like, uh, I, I didn't buy that. He's like, no, you did. I'm like, no, I didn't. I'm like, I would specifically remember buying a German underground seat, and I would be giddy still doing cartwheels today. And he's like, well, it was in this binder. I was like, which binder? That binder. And that's why you keep cutting out is because you've been actively doing cartwheels. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, the worst deal is uh, someone came in with a bunch of legacy stuff, and I said, I, I can give you this. He's like, well, SCG, I'm like, it, the price on the SCG list is this. The SCG buy list? No, the actual list. I was like, <laughs> I was you like, don't know how stores work, do you? <laughs> yeah, like, I, I was, he's like, well, someone was going to offer me this. I'm like, well, then you sell it to them, because I'm not buying it. For that like, price. I'm, I'm not buying these cards for my decks from SCG. I'm buying them for my store to sell. Yes. There's a little, yeah, that's, that's a little off, off base there. Um, Though I did have a bunch of Chinese fakes come through the store. Did you? Yep. Wow. That's crazy. Is, yeah, it, is it easy to tell them or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I, I mean, if, yeah, I, I mean, like, I, there was a guy that 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 had one uh, that had a couple in his in his deck as a proxy for Legacy, and I was like, "That's a fake." He's like, "How do you know?" I'm like, "I can tell from looking at it right here." I'm like, "The border is off." He's like, "The border is just fine." I'm like, "No." He, I pulled out a flooded strand. I'm like, "This is a regular flooded strand. That is a fake flooded strand." He's like, "Um, 
I bought it for real. I was like, well, oh. yeah, well, sorry. That's rough. That's really rough, and that's a problem. I'm glad that they're doing the the holograms on the cards going forward. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the eventually, I mean, it, it, it's kind of like counterfeiting magic cards is like in its infancy much yeah. like you know like how uh what was that movie catch me if you can mm-hmm. with leonardo dicaprio and tom hanks yeah and in like forging checks yeah so like eventually it will be figured out but i mean like <clears throat> i would actually it, say this i would say this is its teenage years because 20 years almost 20 years ago when i was buying and selling magic cards people would come in with fakes yeah that's true you know, and nowadays you have people have homegrown printers that can almost do what they need it to do. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Carter Mundy, Carter Mundy in my in my bedroom. But um, <laughs> uh, Jameson, uh, what what uh, what was the best and worst uh, deals you've ever been offered when people are selling you cards? So the best deal I've ever been offered is uh, a buddy of mine going. I still have a bunch of magic cards in my closet. And me going, well, you should bring him in and let me look at him sometime. And he was like, yeah, great. Like, three months later, he walks in with these, a bunch of these fat pack boxes and uh, a couple, like, uh, long boxes, like 800-count boxes. And he, here you go. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll let you loot. He's like, no, no, you can just have it. He's like, I don't care. And I was like, seriously, dude? And he's like, no. He's like, um, if there's anything worth anything, you can give me a game or something later on. I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> the dude had, like, 200 unplayed Zendikar lands, first off. Just, like, he apparently didn't like them, and he just put them in the box. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, great. Then I'm going through, I'm like, oh, look, here's an Emrakul. Oh, look, here's a foil Emrakul. <laughs> I was like, yeah, not, yeah, not a nice, please, a pack one. Oh, that, my goodness. That he clearly never played with because that he couldn't figure out. Like, And there was, there was like, the collection, I told him later on, I was like, I need to give you money for this. This is a very good collection of cards. Like, I'm going to make money off. He's like, no, oh, no, don't worry about it. I was like, okay, here's the game you wanted. He's like, great, that works. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, sure. Hashtag winning. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the worst was, um, so I had this woman come in not too long ago, and she's like, you know, I hear you guys buy magic. I was like, yeah. And she was like, Can, do you want to look through all this? And she had, like, these binders and, like, a long box. And, uh, I was like, okay, and I'm starting looking through the binders, and I'm like, oh my god, like it's, it's ridiculous. Dual lands, all this sort of stuff. And as I'm flipping through, and I was like, why does this seem really familiar, familiar to me? I'm like, oh, a lot of this stuff is the things that they're showing pictures of as the fakes. Like these are the things that are being printed. Mm. And I'm flipping through, and it occurs to me the only planeswalker in this set is Jace. And I start like asking her questions, and it's very clear she doesn't play Magic, and she's kind of fumbling along trying to like. You know, anybody who should have a collection like this should know something about the game. You know, and I was just like, okay. I pull out a Scalding Tarn, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, well, this is fake. Like, I'm touching it, and I'm like, this is clearly fake. And I go over to my case, and I pull out a Scalding Tarn, just because I want to compare it. She visibly gets upset. Like, at this moment, she is 100% certain, I think, that I've realized they're fake. And I'm, like, looking at it, and I just kind of glance at him for a moment, and I just set my Scalding Tarn down, and I was like... Wow, like these, like how can you not know these are fakes? And so I actually was like, okay, well, you know, I was like, here's what I can offer you. And it was a stupidly low number. And she's like, sure, that's great. And she kind of calmed down. And I was like, okay, I just need your, you know, driver's license and everything. And she's like, what? 
like instant like sad face and just like what are you what are you talking about and i was like well you know texas pawn laws require us that if it's over a certain amount we need to have your driver's license and get that information on file in case somebody comes in and says they're stolen or something like that and the police need that information without saying another word she picked up the folder closed it grabbed the box and turned around and walked out wow oh wow <laughs> and i was like yep she knows they're fake <laughs> wow Wow, that's amazing. That's so crazy. And like, and I think the lesson to be learned here is that the fakes are out there. I mean, it's an interesting thing where it just seems like, you know, internet chatter. People going, oh, yeah, there's fakes and look at this. And people have been doing that, you know, for years, kind of going, there are going to be these counterfeit cards. But it really seems like based on those two stories, one in Baltimore, one in Texas, that there are actually some counterfeits out there. The worst part is, though, is, like, I agree with Charles. Like, every one of them I've seen, I've looked right at it and went, that's fake. Like, I haven't even had a hesitation on it. And it's not like the yeah. ones that come from dual decks where they look Bradley printed. Like, they, you look at them and they instantly, if you've been playing Magic long enough, you just know it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. it, you just know it's wrong. And then as soon as you touch it, you're like, this is not a Magic card. And I always tell everybody, do the light test or bend it. Yeah. A, a real Magic player might get a little eh, if you're bending a really expensive card but they they know they know for a fact that if they know it's a real card it's not going to hurt it just a public service announcement from your friends at UMTG Taps do not do the bend test on foils do not do the bend test on foils why because it'll just crease the it'll ruin the foil like the foil will literally like if you do it gently it works just fine does it yeah i can show you at the store okay yeah, the problem, I, I'm like, I'm like, okay, you can if you want, but I don't think you should. Because the light test, well, one, the foil thing, like with the fakes on foils, is really, really bad, and it's like, it's so not a magic card. It's kind of pathetic. Right, right. Yeah, but you, it's harder to do the light test on a foil because they are thicker. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, cool. So that's awesome. I think, I think that's about everything we've got. Um. It's been a really awesome, fun episode. It's been great talking to both of you guys. Um, I want to congratulate both of you on your successes so far in the last year. Um, you know, Charles, really happy to see you having success getting Brewport off the ground. Uh, you know, small piece of the legacy of uh, of the of Brewport uh, playtest group. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like represented in name, like carrying it on. You know, well, it's why it's why I named it that way. Yeah. I wanted- wanted brewport to continue to happen yeah and it's it's it, you know it's cool to feel like a part of that legacy and uh and the same with uh you know jameson and common ground games like uh you know i mean i was the first to at the store and uh to see it continuing to be such an awesome place to be and uh it's, it's clear it's it's definitely my favorite place to play mm-hmm. um i'd say now or ever honestly i think it's my favorite place i've ever played at and i've been playing the game for 19 years 19 years i've been playing this game and Mm -hmm. uh i have to say that as much fun as i've had at other stores you know common ground is my favorite place to go to play magic um and uh you know i wish you guys nothing but the best of luck uh going forward thank you and um, it was great having you on um is there anything that y'all want to say before uh, we end the episode, if you're interested in the store, you don't already know about us at Common Ground 
Common Ground Dow on Twitter, or you can find us on Facebook at Common Ground Game Store. We are the one in Dallas, not the one in Scotland, which actually happened to open up on the exact same day as us with the exact same name by <laughs> random, by random sheer coincidence. Have you have you contacted them? Like, kind of. We, we actually have talked. Like, I've yeah. talked to the store owner. It is the we we both find it just the weirdest, most bizarre thing to ever happen. Exact same, exact same store name, exact same opening day. That's insane. I knew that there was the one. In, I knew there was the one in Scotland, but yeah. I didn't realize it was the exact same day. That's amazing. Yeah, pretty cool. Wow. But uh, yeah, feel free to look us up on either of those. We try and keep up uh, with social media quite well. Your website? Uh, the website is boardgamesdallas.com. Kind of easy to remember. <laughs> awesome. And uh, Charles. Uh, at Brewport Games uh, is the Twitter, and you can follow us at Brewport Games on Facebook, BrewportGames.com. Uh, the website, you can find our singles there, etc., etc. Um, we actually do Twitter giveaways every once in a while. Um, gave away a Bob. Uh, nice. Gave away a, a brew box. Uh, we're going to be doing some other giveaways. Uh, I think I'm going to do a Volcanic Island next. Nice. Uh, but I'm going to, ha- but I'm going to make people work hard for this one. The other, the other two have been like, "All right, let's get to 300 followers. We're at 152. Good enough." <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but, but, but this one, uh, when, 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 when the Volk, uh, when, when I do give away the Volk, people will know. Right, and uh, you know, side side note to that. Uh, once again, uh, thank you, Jameson. Uh, for the Jace giveaway, which we still have to get you the address of the guy. He hasn't given it to us. So uh, once we get the address, or I'll get the card from you and ship it myself. Either way is fine. But uh, thanks for the thanks for the giveaway on that. That was a Twitter giveaway for us as well. Cool. Sweet. Um, and then, uh, so your website, et cetera, et cetera? Yep. He said that already. Did he? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, see, way, way, to, way to pay attention, Joe. <laughs> I thought you said the Twitter. I didn't think you said the website. I said brewportgames.com. He even talked about buying singles on stuff on there. And... Yeah, see? Look at this. See how the tired store I am? owner at least listens. The, <laughs> the host, like, yeah, I don't really care about this fat bastard. Whatever. Just let him rant. Were you just talking just now? Anyway, uh, so uh, okay. you can reach us on uh, Twitter. Um, we're at YoMTGTaps. I'm at OMGWTFBHJFTW. Uh Steven, who, um, you know, hasn't had the mute button on the whole time. He's just been very patient. Wait, is it on? <laughs> no. Okay, I took it off now. Okay. Oh, man. Steven uh, is at. You guys at, didn't even flinch for like half those jokes. I was like, wait, okay, I'm definitely muted. Okay. <laughs> Steven is at M00NPI. Um, you can find us on uh, Facebook, YoMTG Taps. Uh, we've got a Tumblr now because we like to think we're young and hip, but we're really not. Uh, YoMTGTaps.tumblr.com. Um, there's uh, probably a way to reach us by pager. Um, we've also got this really cool. Uh, Morse code that we like to use. Um, just just shout our name into the pale full moon and we'll respond. We're now available in Braille. Um, there's just um, if you call us, we'll actually read you a transcript of the recording of the podcast. Um, oh 
okay, none of that's true, but the first couple things involving social media were true. Or you can email us, yomtgtaps at gmail.com. And for all of us at yomtgtaps, we are yomtgtaps. Stop bitching, start brewing. Stop bitching, start brewing. I asked tonight.